With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record content. Riverside FM allows you to record studio quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away and it'll sound like you're sitting in the same room. It's as easy to use as Zoom, but gives much higher quality audio and video recordings. Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a hero platform for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using Riverside FM. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside FM. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive a 30% discount on your first three months of your subscription. That's promo code SHIPIT to receive a 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Back to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I'm Josh and I'm joined by my co-host Alex. As you can tell from the title, this is the Father's Day special episode and we will have our fathers joining us in just a few moments. Did some Giants trivia with them. I really feel bad for my father. I gave him way too hard questions, but whatever. It is what it is. Um, But yeah, that was pre-recorded, so we'll play that in a little bit. Yes, this episode is coming out on Thursday. Yes, Father's Day is this Sunday. Uh, but we wanted to give you, some, you know, you all some time to listen to the episode, digest the episode, take in the episode, and give you some days to, uh, you know, have a chance to listen before Father's Day because I feel like it ruins the moment once you're listening to it after Father's Day. So if we release it on Saturday or Sunday, it's kind of like pointless. I don't know, but yeah, and we normally, re- you know, release our episodes on Thursday anyway. But we're gonna have some positional rankings as well. I don't know if that's in the title or not. Maybe it's in the description if you read that. But yeah, that's what's going to happen here in this intro. But first of all, Alex, how are you today? So I'm doing great. You know, it's it's been an interesting time uh, as I'm speaking. Of course, the uh, for all you soccer fans out there, football fans, uh, the Euros are on, Copa America is on. Uh, so that's a really a cool thing for me. Uh, so I'm definitely enjoying that. Playoff basketball is getting into the heat of things now. Uh, in the second round with some teams already into the third round now uh, into the conference championship. So there's a lot of uh, cool sporting events going on. I know Josh is really uh, into the Islanders right now. I'm not a big hockey guy, but I know he is definitely into that as well. And that's heating up as well. And I just said as well, like 50 times, but I'm doing well and I'm excited to talk some giants um, or, you know, not really any giants actually today, but a little bit of giants. 
how many Giants are going to make it in our top three uh, for our positional rankings? That's the real question. Um, so we're going to do offense today, um, and then we're going to do defense in another episode. Probably not next episode because that'll be episode 100, and we have something special planned that isn't you know the positional rankings on defense. And uh, we'll probably do it the following episode if that sounds – yeah, that sounds about right. So that's what we'll be doing uh, then. But, yeah, I'm excited to get into it. And the Father's Day episode was a lot of fun to record. Uh, so I hope everyone enjoys it. And uh, for comedy and just for, you know, some Giants trivia, try to guess along as well while you're listening. Exactly. And if you hear Alex's voice fading or, you know, changing the way it sounds every three seconds, that's because his face is turning to the right every three seconds because he's looking at the Italy game uh, in the Euros is exactly what's happening. He can't keep his eyes on the screen. So, Alex, I'm going to have to uh, manually turn that TV off. I'm making my way over to your house currently. And that TV is going off. Oh, he was motioning to me that the TV is going on mute or off or whatever the hell. It, he can, you know, focus on the podcast 100% and his mic doesn't sound weird. It is off. It is off. I'm proud of you, Alex. That was a big boy move Thank right you. there. It, it was hard. It was difficult. Let's go right into the positional ranking so we can get you as quickly as possible to the Father's Day special. I'm going to start off with the quarterbacks, my top three. Number one is Patrick Mahomes. We're going to have a little debate on who's two and who's three. Number two for me is Tom Brady. And number three is the former MVP of this past season, which is Alex's debate for why he's number two. And that's for me, Aaron Rodgers. So one, two, three, Mahomes, Brady, Rodgers. So as Josh mentioned, you could probably guess without even me saying it, but I had Mahomes number one, Rodgers two, and Brady three. For me, MVP, you know, he was was great throughout the season. I think Brady, obviously, I wouldn't even say it's debatable, had a better core around him, um, a better offensive line, better defense, better weapons. So I think in general, um, Brady, you know, had it easier. And yes, he did win the Super Bowl. So you do have to give him props for that, obviously. But I'm not sure if that brings him in, brings him high enough to uh, bring him number two in the quarterback rankings. I know with the uh, the power rankings, I brought the Bucks as to one. Um, but that's because the whole team won the Super Bowl, right? So that's a little bit different. Uh, I don't know why I mentioned that, but yeah, that that's kind of my logic for that. I guess let's move on to the running backs now. And again, another uh, another shocker, I guess for me. I don't know. I don't know who you're gonna pick here, but top three: Christian McCaffrey for number one. Yes, he was injured last season. I still think he's the best running back in the league. And then number two, you have Derek Henry. Yes, Derek Henry. I've met two. Dalvin Cook at three, I think that's non-debatable. I know Alex had Kamara in his top three, so I don't know. But I just don't think it's Alvin Kamara, especially after this year with Dalvin Cook. I had him, at, I had him uh, on my fa- on one of my fantasy teams, so I would know that Dalvin Cook was unstoppable this past season. So I just you know wanted to mention that. Yes, but did he have five touchdowns in a game like Alvin Kamara did? I know he had four, so it was pretty close, but. You know, we'll, we'll talk about it anyway. I had Derrick Henry number one for me. McCaffrey isn't in my top three. I have him at four here if we were extending the list. I, I kind of find it difficult for players who were injured most of the season. Obviously, Dalvin Cook and Alvin Kamara, they had, you know, they missed a game or two. But when you miss a majority of the season, I feel like that it's kind of hard to rank someone. Uh, so I don't feel like it's valid to put them in the top three. At least that's my personal opinion. So I had Henry number one. Cook number two uh, and Kamara number three. I think Cook 
is the better runner. Obviously, Kamara, uh, you know, out of the backfield uh, in the passing game for Drew Brees was very good as well. So I think he has an edge there. Um, but as an out and out running back, I think Dalvin Cook is definitely better. Um, so that is who I have for my running backs. And I'll go to the wide receivers too while I'm at it. So for me, Devontae Adams, no question about it. I know Josh agrees with me about this. Um, he is the number one wide receiver in the NFL. No doubts, no, you know, dis- discussions about it, basically. DeAndre Hopkins is number two for me. It was a, you know, interesting year going to Arizona, obviously, after the trade from the Texans, but he had a good year. And I think, you know, that was his first year in the scheme. And I think with Kyler Murray, he'll be very good in the future as well uh, with the Cardinals. So I have him number two. Number three here, there's a whole bunch of players you could go. Um, you know, jo- Josh, you know, talked about uh, Tyree Killer. is going to talk about Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is an option. Allen Robinson's definitely another player you could go here. But I'm going to go Stefan Diggs purely for the impact that he had on that Bills team. He totally revolutionized that offense. Some of the big catches he made throughout the season. I think he's a superb wide receiver. Um, so I-, I had him at my number three spot. I definitely know it's a little controversial, but that's who I have there. Devontae Adams is number one for me as well, coming off probably his best season um, as a player in the NFL. 115 receptions, 1,374 yards, and 18 touchdowns, the most in his career. The second to most was 13 in a season. So, you know, I think that's self-explanatory. Then you have DeAndre Hopkins coming in at number two. And like Alex said, Tyreek Hill, the speedster, the best option for Patrick Mahomes on the Chiefs, and I still think he's the number three option, uh, and that's Tyreek Hill. I know what you say about Stefan Diggs. When I was looking at charts preparing for this, Alex, I had Stefan Diggs out of the top five on most of them um, from big names at PFF, CBS Sports. So listen, I don't know where you're getting your info in your top three, but that's not where everyone else is. So I'm sticking to the side of what's popular and what I like, and that's Travis, uh, Travis Kelsey at number one in tight end. And Tyreek Hill at number three at wide receiver. Travis Kelsey coming off the best season of his career as well. 145 targets, 105 receptions, 1,416 yards, 11 touchdowns. Unbelievable season. Um, it, it was crazy. He just kept on, I guess, just getting yards. I mean, I don't even know what else to say. It, it was a great season for Kelsey. So he's one. Darren Waller's two. Just because... That puts uh, George Kittle at three because he did play a few games. I think he played eight games this season, this past season, I should say, 2020 season, but obviously didn't produce as much as we'd like to see. So Kelsey one, Waller two, Kittle three. And where my rankings come from, Josh, they come right up here for, you know, you can't see me today, but it comes from the brain um, or at least my memory, really, not really the brain. Um <laughs> So that's where my rankings come from. And to be fair about PFF, when we're looking at the tight ends, I have the same rankings as you. I'll repeat in a second. But they had Kyle Pitts at number four. PFF, you know, know, I've been supportive. I've been not supportive in the past, but I cannot agree. You can't rank a rookie who hasn't stepped foot on the NFL grass at number four. It's just kind of crazy to me. I don't, I don't know what they're doing there at PFF. So someone, whoever did the tight end rankings, hopefully it's not someone we've had on, but please, uh, you need to do something about that. Um, for my tight ends, like I said, same as Josh Kelsey, number one. Waller, number two, really good with the Raiders this season. I'm excited to see how he does uh, this upcoming season. And Kittle at three. Um, and I'll go on to the offensive line now. We're doing all members of the offensive line. 
I know Josh only has tackles, I believe, uh, and I have one guard. So we'll, we'll go into it now. I have Ryan Ramchick at one uh, tackle for the Saints. I think he was very good this season. Drew Brees obviously needing a lot of protection as he got up there uh, in age, and I think he did a very good job. Trent Williams uh, for the 49ers obviously left the Washington football team, and he was very solid throughout the season. And Wyatt Teller, I thought, was absolutely amazing for the Browns and their offensive line. It's probably one of the biggest transformations we've seen in the wild for an offensive line, probably since the Colts. Um, their offensive line, one of the worst in the league uh, in the 2019 season, absolutely flipped around completely in free agency through the draft. They did a really good job there. It's David Bakhtiari. Uh, he helped the MVP win the MVP. Why do you think Aaron Rodgers got the MVP? Not just because Aaron Rodgers is an amazing quarterback, which he is. He got some help from the offensive line and his best offensive lineman being David Bakhtiari. That's why he's one for me. Then we can talk about Ramchek at three, though, because Trent Williams is number two. Uh, for in, in my top three. A player that I think we're forgetting about is Quentin Nelson. Haven't seen him in a little bit. I, I think that he's been one of the top offensive linemen in the league, but obviously, like Alex said, it's too hard to put it down to three. But that's what we have to do anyway. So, And then one player I want to see in this top three next year, and that is the amazing star that the Giants did not get, and that's Tristan Wirfs on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I think already you can say is in the top ten for offensive line rankings. So, I think it would be really cool if next year worse. I could have even put worse in my top three. That would have been like a bold statement. But I know last year when we did this, we had like a sleeper pick. That would be mine, uh, 100%. I would I would bet your money on worse right now uh, for offensive linemen. If there's even a bet, you can do that. But yeah, I, I think that's going to do it for our top three. Like Alex said, defense is going to be coming up. Next week's episode is going to be... Um, is going to be episode 100. So, you know, we'll talk about that a little bit. It'll be more of a laid back episode, obviously not so much Giants news. I mean, I saw that we're at the Giants news point where people are talking about Adrian Peterson signing with the New York Giants. That's what Alex brought to my attention earlier before we recorded. So that, that's where we're at right now. So yeah, maybe some Giants news, but a laid back episode 100 you'll have. And I do, I do all of the other stuff uh, at the end of our interview with our fathers and the trivia and all of that. Alex, any more points before we go? That's it for me. For the Father's Day episode, please enjoy it. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, Josh kind of screwed his father over. It's kind of funny to see at the end. Um, and, you know, my, my father will have to see what happens. Uh, did he exceed expectations or did he really slump down to the low of the low? You'll have to see. So like we said in the intro, the Father's Day special coming out a little bit before Father's Day. And both fathers are here. And just like all fathers are, they are grumpy. They are depressed. They have been taken out of their jobs uh, at work and their work after work because they get to spend the time with us. And that's what it is. Am I right, Alex? Because Alex is here too. I, I say that's accurate. You got to wake them up from their naps, wake them up from their relaxation Nine to five, more like nine to seven when we're recording this. So uh, I guess we'll start out. Uh, Paul and Van. Paul's my father. Uh, Van is Alex's father. And obviously they were on our first episode of the Father's Day special. And here's part two. So uh, I guess I'll just ask my own father. Father, 
as he's hysterically laughing. Father, how are you? I'm great, Josh. And how are you? I'm I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited to record. It seems like I can see the sparkle in your eyes, and you're really excited to record as well. And Alex, I'll send it over to you. So how are you doing on this fine day? Hey, guys, listen, you know, it's always a pleasure to be on with you guys, even if it means, you know, putting aside work and other concerns. It's always good to talk to you guys. I know we're a little tired, you know, a little out of it, but, you know, we'll, we'll keep it going and, you know, follow up on the enthusiasm you guys have. We'll see how we do. Here we go. All right. So I guess I'll go with the first question here. Lawrence Taylor. Alex, you what? didn't even describe what we're doing. Oh, yeah. We're doing trivia. Um, that would help us too. That would, that would help. Uh, so we are going to be doing old Giants trivia, depending, you know, before mostly 70s, 80s, 90s. There's a couple questions from the 2000s, but that's about it. Um, but yeah, we're going to get into those questions and hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see some good answers and not some incorrect answers. I assume there'll be a lot of editing on this. There will be a lot of editing. <laughs> and one thing I do like to point out is that to, I guess, even the fairness out here, we have five questions. We're going to have a winner at the end. So whether it's Paul or Van, we're going to have to see who the winner is. But five different questions uh, for each I guess, candidate or, uh, yeah, I guess you're running for president. The now. question is, do we win anything for the, uh, for getting five questions? Correct. You win acceptance from your children. Yeah, that's yeah. You need a little bit more than that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> what are you requesting? Uh, we'll find out. We'll see who the winner is. How All about right. that? <laughs> All right. So Alex, start off with the first question for them. All right. So the first question we have here. So Lawrence Taylor, I think you're familiar with him. Um, is considered one of the best defensive players of all time. Which college school is he mostly known for basketball, which is mostly known for basketball, did he attend? So he attended a college. It's mostly known for basketball, not football. Which one was it? And there's three options, because obviously you can't do this without the options. Um, LSU is option A. B is North Carolina. And C is Penn State. I'm going to go with B. North Carolina. Well, that is correct. And I am absolutely <laughs> shocked that you got that one right. And uh, I guess it's one for one for you then. <laughs> All right. One for one uh, with Van. Paul, you have a little bit of a different type of, this is kind of, a lot of your questions are years based. So it's kind of luck. You know, maybe you get one of the four, but it's also if you really have that best memory that you talk about all the time, you know, with your giant stories in the past, um, whatever. Let's get to the question. So Paul, when was the Giants' first appearance in the NFC Championship game? And that you have four options. So A is going to be 1981, B is going to be 1984, C is 1985, and D is 1986. Um, first NFC Championship game. I don't think it was 81. Oh, wait, what were the choices? 81? 81. Mm-hmm. 84. 85. And 86, which game or which year uh, was the first Giants NFC Championship appearance? Um, maybe we went too hard here you for my father. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to go. I don't think it's right, but I think it's 85. 1986 season. Oh, so 
Look at this. We have Van up <laughs> one nothing against my father. Uh, it was in the 86 season. Obviously, it was played in January of 87. Giants against the Washington Redskins. They went 16-2 uh, and two that season. The Giants had a 17 nothing win against the Washington Redskins uh, in that NFC Championship game. Alex, question two. So question two here. I'm going to throw in an extra option here. I originally only put three. I'm going to put in a fourth one just to mix it up a little bit here. What year, This the word year is important here, what year was the Giants' first Super Bowl win? What year did it take place in? Not the season like the year before. What year? The three options, or the four options are 1981, 1984, 1987, and 1990. I'm going to go with 1987, the actual year when they won. Well, that is two for two there, and I am continuing to be shocked. <laughs> um, I, I don't even know what to say. You know, obviously that's a kind of obvious one because when you think about it, it's eighty six ninety. That's how I always thought about it. Right. Because eighty six season, even though I guess ninety season, I don't know what, but yeah, I guess you got it right. Fine, we'll, we'll give it to you there, and four options there too. Impressive. I um, I is coming and impressing here on the Giants podcast. <laughs> Question two for my father. Who caught Phil Simms' only touchdown pass in the win over Washington? Another NFC uh, championship question. So, you know Phil Simms, the quarterback. So, who did he throw the only touchdown pass in the win against Washington to? A, Morris. Is it Maurice Carthon? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, that shows my Giants knowledge from the 80s. B, is Lionel Manuel? Manuel. Manuel. My Giants knowledge, once again. C, Mark Bavaro, and D, Joe Morris. So if you didn't know when it was played, we're very doubtful on this second question. <laughs> but um, let's see if you can pull through. I'll say Lionel Manuel. Correct. Okay, good. Correct. Woo! So it's, it's now 2-1 is the score line uh, between the two, then up 2-1. All right, so this is a tough one. I don't think you're getting this. If you get this, I'm going to be very surprised. Tom Coughlin, I've said that about every single one so far. Tom Coughlin, the coach of the 2004 New York Giants, actually coached with the Giants under Bill Parcells. What coach was he then? Was he a wide receivers coach, running back coach, special teams coach, or safeties coach? Ooh, that's a tough one. Would you like me to repeat the options? No, and defensive was not one of them, right? Safeties coach is one of them. Wide receivers, running back, special teams, safeties. Those are the options, in case you forgot. <laughs> I'll go with safety, I'm guessing. Safety. All right, so that is your first incorrect. What was the answer? It was wide receivers. <sighs> uh, he was the wide receivers coach under Bill Parcells, and that is the answer. All right. Okay, so my question three. This is a Super Bowl question now, bouncing from two NFC championship games to the Super Bowl. And the question is, in the Giants' win over the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl XXI, who scored the first touchdown of the game? Was it A, Mark Bavaro, B, Zeke Moat, C, Phil McConkey, or D, Joe Morris? Who scored uh, against the Denver Broncos in what number Super Bowl is that, Dad? 21? Super Bowl 21, yes. 21 against the Denver Broncos. Who scored the first touchdown of the game? Big inhale exhale right now. <laughs> you can't hear it. Um, Obviously, right now, Van is up uh, two to one. So my father can tie. Moat, 
Pavaro, McConkey, and Morris. Yeah, are the four options. One of the four did get the touchdown. If you didn't know, one player scores touchdowns in the NFL. Uh, I'll go with Morris. Incorrect. Uh, it was Zeke Moat was the correct answer. And Paul once again <laughs> sinks in disgust as he is down 2-1. to one. Alex, next question. So question number four now. Who was the first Giants QB to throw for 4,000 yards in a season? Phil Sims? Eli Manning, Charlie Connerly, or Danny Dimes himself? Daniel Jones, in case you didn't get the reference. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the clarity on that. Um, oh, man. I'll go with Phil Sims. Phil Sims is correct. So that it puts a lot of pressure on Paul here. He needs to get the final two right to tie it, and then we do not have any tiebreaker questions. So that's definitely something we should have thought of. That would mean that we get both of your admirations. <laughs> then we get both of your admirations. That's correct. Uh, but, yes, Phil Sims was correct. Well, yeah. So, okay, 3-1. Father, big question for you here now. Uh, and this is a tough one. This is like a one-game question, so I apologize. But maybe you know it. We'll see. Okay, so question four for you. Who recorded three sacks of the Cowboys QB, Gary Hogaboom? Hogaboom. Hogaboom. Who recorded three sacks against Gary Hogaboom um, in the Giants' 28-7 victory over Dallas in week two of the 1984 season? Uh, how come I don't get Lawrence Taylor's college? I mean, seriously. I can change the question. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. I thought you were that good. Okay, like I remember. Go ahead. Yeah. Is it A, Lawrence Taylor? Is it B, Leonard Marshall? Is it C, George Martin or D, Carl Banks? I think I should repeat the question unless you want to just... What year was this? 86? Uh, the year was 84. 84. I, I, come on. 10 years old. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say it was... LT seems too obvious. I'll go Leonard Marshall. Alex, you have a guess on this one? Alex, and you have a guess on this one? Yeah, you, you could guess. I don't actually, so I have no idea. I, I would say Lawrence Taylor, but then again, that is the obvious answer. Could be Carl Banks as well. The correct answer for this question is, in fact, Leonard Marshall. Mm. And father... Pulls it into a 3-2 lead, obviously. Van, if you got this correct, you will have nothing to worry about. So actually, why don't you do your question next? So that way it's like more of an anticipation of, you know, you know. anticipation. Yeah. Perfect job, Alex. <laughs> so, Al, uh, excuse me, father. <laughs> this is a modern Giants question, if that helps you out. Mm-hmm. And it's even more probably a luck-based question, unless you're really good with your Giants knowledge this past season, which we did watch every game together, so I can um, say that you could very much get this right. What team did Logan Ryan register his only interception of the season against? Is it A, three of the – basically three of the four are NFC East rivals. So A, Washington, B, Cowboys, C, Eagles, or – D, the Cincinnati Bengals. So, once again, what team did Logan Ryan register his only interception against? Which team? And I have it in my mind. I remember the play, actually. I'm going to say the Redskins. That is correct. Father has tied the score at threes. Alex, do you remember the pick? It was the game-saving. Yes, I do. I I knew that answer. 
I'm not sure if my father did. He wasn't. He wasn't really. I'm not sure. If he was yeah, for any Giants fans who remember, that was the uh, game-saving interception at that point. Yeah. Uh, secured our first win against Washington. So that was kind of cool. Father got the modern Giants question right. I feel bad now. I did give him pretty hard questions. <laughs> let's, let's see. Right now we're tied. So threes, Van, you got this one right. It's over. You win. Let's see. So the worst part about this is that it's a very easy question for most Giants fans who do follow the draft and stuff like that. I will put a disclaimer out here. My father has never been a draft guy. He never follows the draft. He doesn't know anything about college football. So this is more difficult for him than you would imagine. But for general people who are into it, it wouldn't be. I know this seems easy, but what team drafted Eli Manning first overall in 2004 before he was traded to the Giants? The San Diego Chargers, the Cleveland Browns, the New York Jets, or the Detroit Lions? And, and granted, he has no idea because he probably didn't watch the draft this Absolutely year. Absolutely not. He had no idea. Absolutely not. Oh, uh, wow. So this is much of a tougher of a question than you'd think. Yeah. Lions. Um, who were the other three besides Lions? The Chargers, the Browns, the Jets, and the Lions. Those are the four. I'll go with Chargers. And that is correct. Total guess. Paul, total guess. As goofy as it seems, he had no idea about I that. I it wasn't the Lions because I used to follow the Lions. Uh, other than that, it was a guess. Well All right. So uh, he pulls out the narrow, somewhat deserved victory based on the questions. No, I, I got to admit that Josh was harsh with Paul. The questions were twice as difficult, if not more. Oh, good. What is the win? And but I, I'll take it. I'm not doing yeah. that. All right, let me just get one more question real quick. We'll see, Dad, if you could tie it. <laughs> and I would say I uh, I under under uh, expected your under estimated? underestimated your potential in Giants your intelligence. Your Giants yeah. intelligence. Your Giants IQ. I, I don't think so. I just got lucky. I think the multiple <laughs> choice also helped. I think without the multiple choice, oh, you would have been cho- without it. I mean, forget it. Yeah. But, uh, okay, I mean, I guess that's going to wrap up this Father's Day special. Cause, you know, we I forget that we don't do the outros anymore. It's just better to knock it out all in one. So we thank you so much to Paul and Van for joining us. Oh, well, what does Van win now? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> he can take a nap without being well, disturbed. What about that apology text I'm waiting for, <laughs> So for any backstory. Yeah. I think, you, I think you owe him chips. At least chips and nachos or something at the game. Yeah, <laughs> there you the go. chips okay. and nachos at the game. Yes. But uh, yeah, basically he was uninvited from fantasy basketball game due to his lack of fantasy. Due to blow. his lack of fantasy basketball, <laughs> anything or just basketball knowledge whatsoever. Lack of everything. Just lack of everything. So okay. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for anyone referencing, actually. We, we thank you very much for uh, getting the tickets for us for the Giants versus Falcons game. So how about that? Yeah. So you're that'll welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be it. I think that's actually a very good thing. So, Van, whatever you would like, as long as it's not alcohol, or at least we don't tell them that I'm paying for it. Because I don't think I'm allowed to at uh, – I won't ask them to do anything illegal. That's for sure. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so how about that? But, yeah, so I will buy you uh, anything you would like. As long as it's in the price range. At the, uh, at the Giants. Yeah, at the hey, Giants. That's a bottle of water at MetLife Stadium. So. Lawyers, 
man. Where's the fine print? <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh, all right, next time, next time, Alex and I hang out, I'll bring a copy. Okay, I'm gonna print it out right now, and I'll I'll have you sign your signature for it. If that makes any, if that works. <laughs> I think we're good. $10 maximum. Okay. So yeah, once again, we thank both Paul and Van for joining us on today's episode. Please go follow us on Twitter at the giant take pod. Go follow Alex at a 23. Go follow me at Josh. 29 subscribe uh, and five stars rating and review. We really appreciate it. We will see you next time for another giant take episode. Happy Father's Day to everybody. Happy Father's, Father's Day. Day. Father's nice, Day. Nice win. always a pleasure welcome to the all 80s movies podcast i'm bill and i'm jason and this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters the flops and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies the 1980s so whether you're a brain a jock a valley girl or a jedi we've got some 80s classics for you do these movies stand the test of time Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.